Welcome back, season eight of Where My Killer Tape At. Man, so much has happened. Um, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, we're definitely talk about gun violence, um, and definitely <laughs> gonna talk about Kevin Samuels. You're gonna you're gonna notice that some of these segments are dated. There's a reason for that. I explain a little bit. I also review um, the Black Star album, uh, No Fear of Time, and I give a spoiler-free review of Doctor Strange. I know I'm late with it, but please bear with me. Thank y'all for coming back. Let's go. Man, so as I was editing this, um, actually, this is the next day, um, Roe v. Wade was overturned. Man, I got so much to discuss about that. It's going to have to be a different episode, but it's just as I was editing segments and redoing them, just things just kept happening. And that's probably one of the biggest things that happened in the last couple of weeks. So um, I know it's something that we all should be talking about. Um, but I just wanted to throw that in there. So it's not something that I want to forget. I pride myself on being a podcast that really wants the listener to like get away from all the stuff they see every day. I really want to be that person, but politics is in everything, everything, even in our entertainment. So I just wanted to bring that up because I'm going to be bringing on some guests. I'm going to be talking about that stuff. So stay tuned for that. And I appreciate y'all for being mad patient with me. Word. (laughs) peace haven't done a book review in a minute so um i gotta do this one though um this this is a book written by shaka sankor um before you read this book letters to the sons of society a father's invitation to love honesty and freedom i recommend that you read his first book writing my wrongs um, and I got to give you a little back backstory. Shaka Sakura was a young man from Detroit who, um, well, he's he's a middle aged now. But when he was young, he, he he murdered somebody, and he went to jail. He did nineteen years. Fascinating story. Um, you know, he's he made the news a while ago when, um, and I think he was still incarcerated, where the mother of the the child, the kid that he murdered. Um, actually forgave him and they actually developed a relationship. And that was like dope. That was probably one of the dopest stories I've heard um, when it comes to, you know, uh, the prison industrial complex. But anyway, this is like kind of like his second book. Um, and um, I enjoy it. He, he writes letters to his his two sons. I think it's dope because he it's inspired by the letters his father wrote him when he was incarcerated. So I thought that was really dope. Um, let me just say this. Hope. The, the letters are just about hope And I think this book came to me at the, And I stumbled upon this book right? I didn't even know he wrote a second book um, It came to me at the right time Especially at the time of me releasing this podcast episode Because definitely need it Shit is real 
and 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 I'm and I want to say this right now. Things in my life are actually really dope, but just the things that are around us in the world and what we're seeing transpire, it's really bugging me. It's really I don't bugging is like I'm using that term because it's is is bothering me on a, on a, on a very emotional level. It's bothering me, um, and this book really just. You know, there's hope. You know what I mean? And he's giving, he's pouring hope into these letters to his sons. And I'm, I love. It's funny because when I when I picked up the book and and I and I read letters to the sons of society, he's writing it to all of us. He really is. And 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 um, even though um, they're very personal letters, I feel like he's kind of like writing it to us. And I like the subtitle: Father's Invitation to Love, Honesty, and Freedom. Um, read it. I, that's all I can say. Um. Hope and he really does. And don't get me wrong, the first couple of <laughs> the first couple of pet chapters, I cried like a newborn baby. Um, and at first, I wanted to put it down because it brought up a lot of a lot of deep feelings. But um, I needed that. I needed that. So it's a short book. Highly recommend it. Definitely for a book club um, of of men, right? I really, definitely, particularly black men. Definitely for a book club. Um, and. Man, y'all just got to read it. There's, there's not enough that I, there's, I could go on and on about how dope this book is, but definitely much needed and highly recommended. I know this is probably not a good review because <laughs> it doesn't really get into, usually I'm very detailed, uh, but definitely check it out. So I wanted to um, use this episode to talk about gun violence, to talk about school shootings, gun policy in the United States. And like every time I would I would record like four or five segments, there'll be another shooting, uh, which, you know, since the beginning of 2022, there's been over 200 mass shootings. Right. And mass shootings is defined as um, one shooter. Killing or injuring more than four people at the same time. So that's the that's the technical definition of it. And again, every time I would like record a segment and get it in, something else will happen. And then and then like and then like you know, I listen to other podcasts, other YouTube channels, and stuff like that. And I'm like, what the fuck am I gonna say? Like, like what am I gonna say that's gonna be different, right? Now don't get me wrong. There's a lot of things that I have rethought since all these shootings have been happening on such a regular basis, even before the pandemic, right? There's a lot There's a lot of stances that I used to take. Like, so for example, I used to be for restorative justice um, and the abolishment of prisons. And quite honestly, the last couple of years, I really thought about it and reflected on it and realized that I'm not really about that life. Like, some motherfuckers deserve to be in jail. Some motherfuckers deserve to be arrested, right? What has also changed is my approach to violence, right? Like, I'm not, you know, shout out to the big homie Deez Evangelical. I'm not a pacifist, right? I still believe in self-defense, right? I even go to the point as saying as I'm to the point where sometimes you got to open up a can of whip ass on a motherfucker. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm somebody that really tries to avoid violence as much as possible. And I'm somebody that would would, would ask people and I would try to de-escalate situations. I've been in situations where I de-escalated things that that had nothing to do with me. Um, Please don't tell my partner, right? Um, I mediated some stuff, right? Um, But 
I've walked away like, damn, that motherfucker didn't deserve to get his ass beat, but you know, that's neither here nor there. So um, it really has changed my mind about a lot of things, right? That being said, um, and you know, I'm a, uh, uh, I've, I've done a lot of research on the Black Panther Party for self-defense, on Huey Newton, on his position on politics. Um, and I will say this, man, like, gosh, I know this should be something I discussed separately from gun violence, right? But I remember uh, going to the hardware store, you know, you know, a barbecue a lot and I was learning new ways I'm always trying to figure out the best way to barbecue like I'm always trying to find out the more efficient best way the best way to get bang, more bang for your buck etc etc so I went to the hardware store um to pick up some items and when I was in there you know you know how sometimes you go online at particular stores and then they'll have like stuff on sale on the aisle because you know, that's what they want you to buy the stuff right so I found some coffee. I was like, oh, snap. You know, this, let me get some, I do need some coffee. And this is cheap. This is like $5 a, a bag, a pound. So that's actually cheap for coffee on any any given time, right? Anyway, um, there was like a, a company, I can't remember the name of it, but their logo was like an AR-15, you know what I mean? And they had like coffee called Gunsmoke, AK-47. Like these are the, the titles of their coffee, you know what I mean? And I was like blown away by that shit. Like, and you know the the the, um, the packages were like camouflage and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I think one of them had like a black. It was like Blackhawk, like a Blackhawk helicopter was on, and and it blew my fucking mind. I was just like, but this is like the culture that we in. You know what I mean? Like, we watch movies and people settle the the, the, the situations using guns, right? I said our music. And what I'm saying is that art is a reflection of the culture. It's not the other way around, right? We don't bust guns because you listen to about listen to it in lyrics. We don't bust guns because we saw a movie on it. It's the other way around. Art reflects what's going on, right? So it, even when we talk, like even when, you know, even just the way we talk, you know, um, and I remember when I did my fast, on my, my, my positivity fast, I consume a lot of violence. This is when I realized that. And like... We do. We 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 talk in ways that are violent. We use violent terms. Like, and, and it, what my point is is that we really have to look at our entire culture, right? We have to deconstruct it and, and really like check what we do, man. That's that's all I can say. Like, like because it's it's part of our culture, so it's only right. You know what I mean? Um, that even when we talk about liberation, right? Violence is is a part of that process, and I don't know, man. I, I don't know, man. I can't send my babies to war. You know what I'm saying? And and I and I can't expect nobody else to send their babies to war. You know? And what I mean by that, I'm talking about revolution. I'm talking about that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about like fighting in a foreign country or whatever, but just shit like that. Like, there's gotta be a different way for us to do that. Like, it has to be, man. You know what I mean? Finally, man, I felt really cheap trying to think of content 
to talk about gun violence. Like I really was like, oh, you know, and, and let me say, man, like I would record like four or five segments and then I had ready to go and I delete it. Then I record another four or five segments, have ready to go. And then I delete it. And it was just, I kept doing that. And, um, yeah, it, I just felt cheap. Like, and I know that, um, come up with content is not hard for me, man. I just want to come up with, con I don't, I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes it comes off that way. Um, and a lot of times, that's why I record later. When something happens, I, I talk about it after the fact. Um, if that makes sense, right? Um, because I don't want to do what everybody else is doing, right? I talked about Kevin Samuels because that's he's somebody I wanted to talk about for a very long time. Uh, it's particularly the Manosphere, especially when it was brought to my attention. Ironically, weeks after his death, it seems to be ramping up, right? So, you know, so... When we talk about guns, it's got to be several levels. We got to really get to the heart of the matter. Um, I do wish you could stop talking about it in hip hop, though. That that would be dope. Um, real quick, like. I know that there was a Black Star album coming. Just didn't know it was going to be released this soon. Um, really, I, I didn't see it coming. And you know what? It would have been better if they if they released it in the summer. Anyway, you know that I'm a huge Black Star fan, big Black Star fan. Been a fan since whew, you know. Um, you know, I've been a I've been a Yasin Bey fan since like '94 when he was Urban Thermodynamics. And you know what? Let me shut up, right? I just want to point out something real quick with Black Star, right? Because I know when I listen to this album, which is No Fear of Time, it's a great album, really dope. Um, but I think it's like about 10 years too late. And it's actually the frustrating part about this album is that it made me realize that if they had stayed together, not stayed together, because they weren't originally a group. That's the thing. Even when you look at the original, the first album, it says, um, you know, Mostef and Tyler Quelly as Black Star. When they released the single Definition, it was most definitely Tyler Quelly as Black Star. And they were both solo artists. Matter of fact, you know, most was originally in the group with his brother and, and UTD, Urban, Urban Thermal Dynamics, right? So they were not originally a group, but it was such a hit. You know, Definition was such a hit for Rockus Records that making them a group was a good idea. And that's something that I had to keep reminding myself because I remember... I remember going to see Tyler Quelly in concert, and I remember somebody, people kept asking him, where's Most Def? And he was like, fuck Most Def. He was like really mad. because. And then he later on admitted in, a, in an interview is that everywhere he goes, people always ask him about Most Def and about Black Star. Um, anyway, this album made me realize that, and I know this sounds fucked up. If they had continued to make albums as Black Star, they probably would have been just as big as Tribe Called Quest. I, I'm going to say that right now. That might be a hot take for some of y'all, but... I'm going to go ahead and say that. Um, I think what I like about No Fear of Time is not only I'm a huge Mad Lib fan. His production is always dope. Matter of fact, one of my favorite Tyler Quelly's albums is the one he did with Mad Lib, the original one, because he had to re-release it because of, of leaks and stuff like that. Anyway, <clears throat> their chemistry is just so dope. And what I like about them is that just like on the original album, um, um, they, they just sound so good together. So it's like, most will write, you know, Yasin Bey will write a track and Tyler Quelly would write something better and it'll keep going on. So each song gets better and better because you could tell that they were challenging each other. I don't know if they sat down and did it for this album, but I know back then they were real hungry 
they were very young. So everybody was trying to outdo each other. But anyway, um, this is actually a this is actually a fucking dope album. Um, the only song that I don't like is Frequency with Black Thought, ironically, because he's one of my favorite MCs. It's not a strong track compared to everything else. Everything else is just really, really dope. Um, and, and any of these songs could be released as a first single. I know, I know they released OG um, as kind of like um, YouTube so you could listen to it. And yes, the only way you can get this album right now as I speak is by um, subscribing to the uh, podcast network that they're on. That they have an actual podcast with Dave Chappelle on it. But it is a dope, dope album. I really recommend it. You can play it around the babies. It's really, really dope. Um, you know, standout tracks, of course, to me is my favorite band, OG, Sweetheart, um, and Yonders is really dope. And the main thing is actually really, main thing is something that, um, I've been like singing the hook all this time and like they can, I can see them doing that on stage. Like it, it just comes off really dope. Um, but Madlib's production is always fucking amazing. It's a dope album. Unfortunately, with the release of Kendrick's latest album, it'll probably get ignored. And also because of Tyler Corley's situation, um, getting kicked off of Twitter and stuff like that. It'll definitely get ignored. And I think I understand why they did what they did when they released the album on the podcast network. Because you have to subscribe to that. You have to pay to subscribe to that network. Um, they probably, and, and you know, at this point, it's not about selling records. It probably won't get listened to as much as it should unless it's bootleg. Um, and I think it's real unfortunate. As a real fan, I would have bought it on vinyl. And I know eventually they're going to put it on vinyl. Um, but I'm going to get it when it comes out on vinyl. Um, but, you know, um, I think there was other ways for them to sell it to where they got most of the money. And um, and then, um, you know, and then their fans could get a chance to listen to it. But, you know, Tyler Quilly made a point. He said that um, uh, <clears throat> if you're a real fan, you will cop it. And a lot of us will pay all this money for sneakers. I'm not that kind of person. Uh, but most people will pay a lot of money for sneakers. And... And you know what? I have a beef with that statement. I'll take that back. I have a beef with that statement. Um, because I think, like, the real fans would have copped it if they released it in a way that, that, that they got most of the money for it. Like, if they put it on Bandcamp or if they released it as vinyl or a CD or whatever. Like, I, I know CDs sound dated, but I'm pretty sure the true fans would have copped it. But this, this album is a long time coming, and I hope that because of that... Um, you know, it doesn't set them back. But this is a dope album. Highly recommend it. Definitely check it out. Word. The only time I'm going to mention Kevin Samuel's name, all right? I know I've mentioned it in the intro, but here we go. Um, I learned about him about a year before the pandemic. And I remember there was a video of him joking this guy who, who, would, who couldn't admit that he had a little dick. And I know I shouldn't be body shaming, but it was a funny interaction. Other than that, I didn't know shit about him. So um, I remember I had retweeted the, the video and I just laughed about it. And then a couple of my followers were like, yo, homie is trash. You listen to him? And I was like, actually, I don't. I just saw the clip and I reposted it. And I was like, should I listen to him? And uh, uh, shout out to Zemo. It was Zemo. And we call him out there. Zemo was like, yo, you should check him out. I was like, all right. So um, I, I, what I did was, I, you know, I asked him, you know, what video should I check out? And he was like, yo, you could try any one. I was like, all right. So what I did was I went to like, I went to his YouTube page and I, 
I found, you know, because there, there was another person I followed um, who I don't follow anymore who, because he, he, he admitted that him and him and dude are like really good friends. Like they were good friends. So I was like, oh, you fuck with him. I don't fuck with you. So I, anyway, I was following this one person. He was teaching, giving you tips on how to dress better. And I, and I, and I was using that in my classes and the classes that I taught at the time. But I was also using it on myself too, because I do, I do. At the time, I wanted to dress better, right? So um, a lot of a lot of his stuff, the person that we're talking about now, a lot of his stuff was about dressing better, you know, teaching men how to dress better. So I watched some of those videos, and then I watched um, some videos to him giving giving people advice on relationships, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I watched about ten videos, and all of them were whack. Not 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 just. How you know not just his point of view, but like when it came to the uh, when he came, I find a lot of YouTube videos are trash because you know they'll say stuff like you know how to um, get better pull ups or something like that, and it'll give you like eight to nine minutes of conjecture and then eventually give you the actual process. And I feel like you don't need to do that; just fucking do it. You know what I mean? I want to know how to do pull ups better. And when he talked about dressing better. He didn't really give you any tips. A lot of his stuff was, a lot of his stuff, because a lot of people feel that, and it's something that I don't teach, right? You, you, you don't dress better by buying name brand shit. You know what I mean? Um, the key to that would be learning your fit, you know, learning your sizes, and then finding stuff that's fit. Sometimes you got to take it in to get tailored, because it's really about the fit, ultimately. You can buy stuff that'll make you look like, you know, you're the most handsomest man on the planet. Really, it really is. It really is. Anyway, that's another. It's another topic for another day. But he wasn't even doing that. And then the stuff about the relationship was just it, none of it was you know scientifically based. None of it was theoretical. It was just the same patriarchal bullshit that people have been saying for decades. So it was really trash. I really wasted my time. I probably listened to about almost three hours worth of stuff. I really wasted my time. I was like, this guy's whack. You know, because not it wasn't just stuff that I disagreed with. It was just he was it was all fluff, and he did he he really what bothered me the most was that my mom taught me this as well, right? And my elders too, right? My elders taught me that you don't give advice by berating people. You just don't do that. So that's how I learned about him. Never watched another video again. Never repost another video by him again. None of that because I just felt that he was whack. And anytime somebody asked me about him, I was like, I don't listen to him and I kept it moving. That was my introduction to him. And, and I want to say this, man. Um, fuck that dude. Right. You know who I'm talking about, right? Fuck that dude. And, and I want to say that... Um, you know, there are people out there that I'm like, oh, you know, we shouldn't be t- talking ill of the dead. Yo, shout out to my mom. My mom used to always say to me, we always talk about respect the dead, but we never respect the living. That's that's what got us fucked up, right? And I think that um, he represents so much, and I'm going to get into that in a little bit. I'm going to get into how, wow, is there such a strong support for him, right? Um, and, and, you know, cause, and that, it's, not, it's not anything I haven't said before, because this is that I try not to talk about him or mention his name, but... Um, we, we got to talk. But anyway, there's a group of people running around saying we shouldn't talk ill of the dead and everything. And I just, that, that gets under my skin. You know what I'm saying? Because um, I know I know people that have passed away who are amazing and everyone I encounter has great things to say about them. And every time we bring that person's name up, everybody smiles and everybody has a good story to tell. And, and, and that's not, 
by accident. That is completely, purely intentional, right? Um, and that's intentional. That doesn't, that doesn't happen in a vacuum. That, that really is something that's intentional. You, you have to, to, for you to be known like that, I'm, I'm going to give you an example. Martin Luther King, right? Martin Luther King. And don't get me wrong. Um, back in the day, a lot of people had a lot of fucked up shit about to say about him. Black people too, right? A lot of people didn't support him. There's this idea that he, um, everybody was loving him back in the day. No, they were not. No, they were not. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people had some wild shit to say about him. Anyway, when you bring him up, when you bring him up, it conjures good ideas, good concepts, right? Um, you know, a lot of people have a picture of them in, in their in their in their homes, right? So we think of good things, right? And and, and that's intentional, right? Because if you if you pull up his writings, if you pull up his speeches, um, if you talk to people that know him, people that are alive and people who are not alive, they had good things to say about him, even though ideologically they disagreed with him, right? Malcolm X was diametrically opposed to him ideologically, right? But even he had some good things to say about him, right? And, and, and it's just, so that's intentional. So if you want people, when you pass away, to talk about you in a good light, in a, in a dope way, then you have to be that way when you're alive. It's just, I don't understand how you could be a schmuck and then you die and everybody just all of a sudden got to praise you or keep their mouth shut about you. No, that's, that's, not how, that's not how it works, man. That's just, it really isn't how it works. And then on top of that, on top of that, yo, we got to start calling the spade a spade. I know people, because people say that a lot. And then they, when, it, when it comes time to do it, they don't do it. Um, if you are against black women, black women, you are not for black liberation. Facts. That is a fact. That is, that is, we can, there's no debate. You cannot come over here and debate that shit. You know what I mean? So there's a bunch of motherfuckers running around saying that he was a leader or he was a thought leader. No, he's none of those things. He's none of, he had no ideology, right? Other than denigrating people. He didn't, he didn't have no, he wasn't even uplifting black men. Like, like he has no idea. He's not a thought leader. So stop that shit. Stop. Don't compare him to other mothers. Don't do that. It's, at the same time, I have to really question your intelligence if you do that, right? So anyway, um, if you, if you get down like that, no, you are you are op. The young people call you, they call you an op, right? You are op. You you on the opposition. That's how we have to treat you. I I go so far as to say you are a race trader, right? And 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 how do we deal with traitors, right? We have to call them out. We have to hold them accountable. There has to be justice, right? And and that's what I'm gonna say right there about him. Now let's move on. So the question that we really should be tackling, you know, the discussion that we really should be having. Um, so, so I'm avoiding discussions about oh how great he was or what kind of leader he was. I'm avoiding that. I, I, do, I made those statements earlier because I want people to know where I stand, right? But um, the question we should ask is why was there such a, a huge support for him amongst black men? Not only like. Not only like black men who are like working class, but also among celebrities, black men who are celebrities, right? Why, why is there, was there such a support for him um, amongst that particular group of people, right? Amongst my, my, my demographic, right? My, I'm a working class, um, um, I wouldn't say where, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I make a, I'm working class, you know what I mean? Like, because I'm, I'm, I'm an educator. So why is it amongst my peer group? And, and these are my peers now. These are not people that I don't hang out with. These are my peers, right? Don't get me wrong. The men in my immediate circle don't really fuck with him like that. But 
you know, my, my associates and people that I work with, they fuck with him hard body. So why was it such a support, right? First of all, his message is not new, right? Um, it really is not new. It's, it's, it's advice that I heard growing up. It's advice that I heard other men give other men and boys. So it's not anything. I know it shocks people. It's not. But he just he just changed it differently. He called it high value. He called high value men and high value women. If you went to the church, you know that's how people talk in the church. If you know, um, you know, we talk, you know, relationship advice. You know, what's his name? He used to do it all the time. Um, what's the name of that comedian? You know who I'm talking about. You know, think like a man, work like a woman. That guy, right? He, I know, I'm just blaming on my age, right? Um, he was kicking the same stuff, right? If you want to attract a particular kind of man, a quote-unquote high-value man, you have to operate in a particular way. If you're a high-value man and you want a high-value woman, you have to operate in a particular way. Um, so a lot of it, you know, a lot of it sounds like common sense, right? What you do, you should be dec- a decent person. You want to be with decent people, be a decent person, right? But the way it's couched is very patriarchal, very white supremacist, right? And he comes off like a lot of these men, right? Um, and I know Bell Hooks talks about it and um, we, we, we Are Cool. In that book, she talks about how during the black freedom rights struggle, a lot of black men really just wanted white power with blackface, right? Um, which is not, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people have talked about it even before Dr. Bell Hooks, um, that a lot of times when we talk about black power, we just really mean um, um, white power with blackface, right? That's really what we mean, right? We just want to replace white men with black men who, who want to have total supremacy. That's not liberation. But, but it's still the same thing that he was saying in his, in his videos, right? Um, so what, what happens in that instance is he's just another person that replaced somebody else that said it before him. Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey, right? He just replaced Steve Harvey. You know what I mean? He was just a cheaper version of Steve Harvey that you didn't have to pay for, right? Because if you wanted Steve Harvey's message, you had to buy the book. So... So, yeah, that's what he did. He just filled that vacuum. And his passing will probably create a hundred more men like him that kick the same shit. The second thing is that because men, you know, we men, period, have not learned how to deal with the emotional spectrum. We don't we still don't know how to deal with rejection. Um, And a lot of the men that that followed him were they blamed that rejection on black women that they wanted to date who rejected them. So that's, I see that happen a lot. You know what I'm saying? I know like a lot of times, because I work with a lot, I've met to a lot of young men and when they can't, when they can't meet their romantic needs, they blame everybody else. And, and it's funny because they're not, the, the wild thing is that a lot of these men that I mentor, they're not flawed that way, that badly. We're all coming through some trauma, right? They're not like demented or anything like that. It's just that they don't understand how to process their emotions, right? So when they get rejected, they don't, they don't see it as, you know, that person was not feeling them. That's really, literally what it is. When you go out and you ask a woman on a date and she says no, it's not anything because she wants to date a particular person. She's just not interested in you. That's literally what it is. But instead of just admitting that, we take it as something else. Oh, they want to, they want to date a man who makes more money than me. They want to date a thug, all that stuff, right? There's this myth that women, black women only want to date thugs. This is definitely not true at all. Black women love a motherfucker in a suit. And yes, I'm, I'm, I'm making generalizations right here. They love a motherfucker in a suit and a degree. Trust me on that. Trust me on that, right? Um, anyway, I'm not even going to go there. But, um, you know, so that, that rejection, 
um, he was speaking to that demographic, right? He, you know, incels, right? There's a lot of men who are incels, even some men that I mentor, um, and he was speaking to that demographic. That's why they're the ones that are the most vocal now, you know, after his passing. So um, there's a, that subset, but it's also a lot of men who agree with that because they may not be incels, but they don't know how to handle they don't know how to handle that rejection, right? So that those are the two things that happened that he did. Um, and then the final thing is, um, he's just another person that's into misogynoir. Misogynoir is the hatred and disrespect of black women and rappers do it. That's why a lot of rappers fucked with him. You know what I'm saying? A lot of rappers do it. And yes, I'm being, I'm, yes, I am generalizing. Yes, I am because misogynoir is real. Um, and he spoke to that demographic too, right? Um, 50 Cent is a good example of that, right? So, it, it, that all of that together, that's why there's such a big support amongst many, many black men. Um, and that's what we need to address. That That is what we need to address. And that's the only way we're going to fix it. Work. All right, here we go. Spoiler free review of Doctor Strange, the latest MCU movie. Directed by Sam Raimi, who I believe his Spider-Man movies are overrated with the exception of the latest Spider-Man joint. Um, but that's because Kevin Feige had, you know, had oversight over it and there were certain parameters that he had to keep it in. Um, I think the, the title Multiverse of the subtitle Multiverse of Madness is perfect because it's literally what it is. It's madness. It is madness. Um, I like. Sam Raimi's horror elements from back in the day, it's in here, so it's campy. Um, it's not really that bad. Um, I know people are saying, don't bring your kids to it. Um, I, there is, it's campy horror. It's not like real, real horror. Anyway, um, you do have to watch the Disney Plus show WandaVision. Before you watch this movie. Matter of fact, you can actually watch episode four to episode six or seven, something like that, um, before you come up here. Because it's really should be Doctor Strange Wanda. That's what it should be. Um It's an okay movie. First of all, I'm not a Doctor Strange fan. It's a good movie. Don't get me wrong, it's a good movie. As soon as you show up, as soon as you sit down, it starts. Like they it's off to the races. When you do the math, there's probably about 25 minutes of dialogue. The rest is just, it's on. It's on and popping, on and popping, on and popping. Um, but um, I got a couple of issues with it. Number one, I don't like how they did America Chavez. I'm a big fan of America Chavez. I don't even like the casting. I, I really don't like what they did with her. So that, that turned me off. Um, the second thing is, and I, look, I get it, man. I know what Kevin Feige does. I know what the MCU does. I know what Disney Plus is, Disney is doing, right? They make these movies as jump off points to other shit. You know what I mean? So they do. They were doing it with Disney Plus. They also do it with the movies, right? Um, I don't have an issue with that because that's how they get down. That's that's what you're paying for. You're paying for you're paying for a movie with previews of other shit. That, it, matter of fact, if you look at like we, we, we watched Age of Ultron this week, and um, you can actually be like, oh, that's a Disney Plus uh, preview. That's an MCU movie preview for that. They throw these little things in there, which I think is an ingenious marketing scheme, right? Because you can gauge how much money you're going to make off of people's response online. So shout out to them for that. But what I like about MCU movies is that while they do that, 
they also really have really good character development. So you don't have to watch the first Doctor Strange to watch this movie. You really don't. You really, really don't. And I think that's that's what takes takes away from that. That um, um, you could you you, you Doctor Strange is the same person from the beginning of this movie to the end. He still has not learned his lesson. Um, so that's my one of my that's my biggest issue with it. That it doesn't and 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 Benedict Cumberbatch talked about that. He talked about how he didn't like the fact that his his character wasn't developed, and he was right. He was not developed. There's a lot of things from Doctor Strange 1 that are not resolved in here. Or even, it doesn't have to even be resolved. You could continue that dialogue. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what where this movie misses its mark. Um, if I was to rank it amongst the MCU movies, I would probably put it at number 12 or 13. I know it's like 22, 21 movie. I'd rank it like 12 or 13. It's not horrible, but it's not the best thing. It's a lot of action. Um, CGI is actually pretty good. Um, I, I'm not gonna lie. I enjoyed myself. It's just when it comes to character development, it just wasn't there. Um, particularly for the character, a lot of people enjoy. Um, and there's some real surprise shit in there. There's stuff that isn't surprising, but I recommend watching it. Um, you, you're gonna need to probably watch this, so that way the other stuff that's coming afterwards you can. Um, but you gotta watch Wandavision. You don't have to watch Doctor Strange. Enjoy. Thank you once again for listening to yet another episode of Where My Killer Tape At. I really appreciate y'all. Um, if you want to book me for anything, um, a discussion, to be on your podcast, to do a workshop, uh, let me know. Um, you can just go to my website, omisbench, omisbench.com, and you find all my contact information there. If you want to continue the discussion online on Instagram or Twitter, you can always use the hashtag Where My Killer Tape At, killer spelled K-I-L-L-A. Um, and if you just want to holler at me, um, you can check me on my Twitters at DanTrezOmi, D-A-N-T-R-E-S-O-M-I. Also, um, we have an official Twitter for the show, uh, which is um, Omi's Podcast, O-M-I-S Podcast. Um, and you can definitely hit me up there if you want. Again, I appreciate y'all. Um, in my link, you can also buy a coffee mug, right, that promote that helps uh, take care of the show because we definitely, I definitely need the money. So once again, be safe. I'm going to check y'all out the next episode. Word.